You are listening to the Pencil and Paper Podcast Network. Visit PencilandPaperProductions.Podbean.com to find more great podcasts. Welcome to the Palace of Megapixels. This is Super Mega Crash Brothers Turbo! Welcome to Super Mega Crash Brothers Turbo. I'm your host, Stephen White. With me, as always, is my co-host, Lacey Finley. Well, happy Monday. How are you this morning? Oh, I'm doing good. I actually got some sleep. Good, 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 good. Played some video games last night. Ooh, I'm eager to know what those are. I have to work tonight, so it's a good day. You know, how you wake up and go, ah, I don't have to do that today. It just makes the whole day just feel so much better. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I don't know what it is. I can understand it. Have to go there. I was actually thinking about that this morning. Is how you can tell the day it is. Like when I know it's a weekend, for some reason you can just stand outside and you're like, yeah, it's a weekend. I know that. But if if you're off of work during the week, this is for me personally. I don't know how it is for you, Mm -hmm. but a day that you know you're supposed to be at work, something about the day just feels off. Like you know you're not supposed to be home, but you are, and you're just like, yeah, I should be at work right now, but. I know. Or you keep thinking, like, should I check my schedule again? Like, am I? Did I mess up? Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, am I supposed to be? I don't, yeah. yeah. It just it feels weird, but it's also freeing in some ways. So I get mm-hmm. it. So what? I end up been... wasting those days. Yeah. <laughs> Where I'm like, well, I mean, I was supposed to be doing this. So really and truly, the universe isn't off if I do nothing, right? <laughs> right. So what have you been playing? Uh I finished not tonight. Or one scenario, mm-hmm. uh, which is that Papers, Please-esque type game that I think I've probably mentioned a little bit off and on here where uh, you're in the middle of Brexit happening and you're from somewhere. Like, they'll give you a name. You get, like, five or so different uh people that you could choose from to play as you go through and uh you're from there but somehow your stuff gets mixed up where they're like ah you're actually a euro you're not from here kind of situation so now you have to be a doorman uh Mm. (laughs) like a bouncer um and I know I didn't do everything correctly I actually had to look some stuff up just because I couldn't understand what I was supposed to do so I didn't quite join the resistance as much as I thought I was because like I missed a couple of things that I didn't Mm -hmm. know I had to do but first play through jitters you know um and there wasn't like some huge big mind-blowing ending you know it's just like here's what happened after the year was up and so on and so forth it was like Mm -hmm. a predecessor to whatever happened in the beginning of the game so that's fun I'm gonna start another playthrough because I want to see uh you know if I can actually get those couple of pieces and then who knows if I feel like it try the other way where I'm just like gung-ho the government instead of trying to resist and see if that actually changes anything but that's a fun little game I recommend it and uh I started playing Wilson's Heart which was another scary VR game But not really like so I had it built up in my head. It was going to be so much worse than it was. But it's such a cool game that I'm really kind of upset that I kept hemming and hawing about starting it. So I was like, well, it's going to be scary. I don't know. But it's so cool. It's a fun little game. I recommend it. 
Wilson's I heart. It. It's more like a little like point and click. Oh my god, it's such tomfoolery. It's ridiculous, and I love it. I mean, there's like a couple little jump scares, but like all in all. It's not really that scary. Mm. I actually think Chair in a Room Greenwater was probably more scary than what I'm playing now. And I honestly thought it was going to be reversed. Like, I thought Wilson's Heart was going to be more so. Mm. Um, I haven't finished it yet. I have a feeling I will today. Like, I can't imagine it being much more than, like, eight or nine hours. But um, I can let you know. But uh, if you see that one on sale so far, I totally recommend it. Now I'm playing it on PC. So I don't know if it's on uh, PS4 or not. I'm going to say, I want to say no. I feel like it's an Oculus store game, but uh, sure. I didn't look before today, but yeah, it's fun. They just do like this black and white aesthetic uh, to the whole game. And you're trying to follow this mystery that's happening uh, surrounding you being put in this like hospital. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, you know, you've got your medical bracelet on and, uh, the only thing that I would complain about is the movement, and I think it's another earlier game. It's like as you look around, you'll see, let's call it a silhouette, but it's lit up right. of you. Hmm. So when you see, like when you're looking around the room, and you'll see like a little silhouette person pop up where you're allowed to move, and then you click the button on the controller once you look in the correct direction. And it'll darken to let you know that it's there, that you've been there before, or if it's lit up, you haven't been there before. Mm. So it's a little bit of a pain because sometimes you find yourself having to crank your head like all the way around to look behind you instead of just having like a snap turn feature. Um, but so far, that's the only kind of complaint that I have. So okay. a lot of fun. It's, uh, it's, it's, it's actually tomfoolery. And I think that's, I love it. <laughs> the dumber the better in a good way though in a good way in a good way um and that's i think all i've been playing this week okay and i dedicated my time to that so it's been fun how about you uh still gravity rush 2 i'm I'm just trying to get through that and i'm not sure if i mentioned this last time i played it i can't remember but the world opened up a lot for me since Mm -hmm. the last time i played it to where it seemed like you were in this one section and then I thought you were just going to be mining for gems, which helps you power up. And then I actually got to the first city that you get to explore. And oh my God, is it massive? Yeah. Like I compared to the last city that you actually got to play in. This is like three times the size of it because not only do you have sections of the city that you can go to, like separate sections that are almost like class based because you have your mm-hmm. your middle class section, you have your higher class section, then you have your lower class section and they all have different lives and everything that you have to or you I'm sure play into the story a lot more than I've gotten into yet, but it's it's all in tiers. So like Gravity Rush you can go up and you can go down and that's mm-hmm. where you find your class systems. But it's just there's so much of it, you know, and and like in the other game, you can find hidden gems all around the city. You can go to the top of buildings, you'll find some. You can go underneath the city and you find them. Mm-hmm. And I'm I'm always looking for them. And everything every time I thought I got all the gems in one area, I turn my head and then there's ten times more. And I'm like, oh my god, I'm never gonna get them all. <laughs> so I just get in this obsession of like trying to make sure I get every single gem. Because the gyms, mm-hmm. again, they power you up that's to help boost your skills and stuff like that. And that's what you want to do. But I'm not complaining. It was just, it's overwhelming 
how massive this city is because she's like oh my goodness you know it's nice. just so much so mm-hmm. it got really interesting i'd love to, I'm, I'm eager to see how the story is going to play out i'm not quite sure how many chapters there are and i feel like maybe i'm halfway through i want to say because okay. i i feel like i read 13 chapters but i could be wrong and i think i was on chapter five or six so i'm okay. getting there i'm getting uh, there. roughly yeah but hopefully i'll get some time to play it this weekend if if possible but we'll see so i don't know but it's it's yeah. been fun i'm i'm really enjoying it and i feel like i've gotten it was like riding a bike as they say you, <clears throat> you start playing and you just feel like, oh, yeah, I remember how this works. And you just float around. I love the mechanics mm-hmm. of the game. It's re- you can If you're one to get motion sick, I'm not saying that you would. But I can see how someone could get really, really dizzy. Because like, as every- a fair warning. Yeah. yeah, because everything shifts around you. So one minute you're going straight and then you make one turn and then everything's upside down. And you're like, whoa, okay, I'm disoriented. Okay, yeah. So you've got to be cognizant of that at least but it's still fun i don't think it's yeah. it's that bad i i haven't gotten motion sick from it but you can get disoriented imagine it in vr Oof. that yeah that would be that would do it yeah. oh for sure because you'd be like oh the moment you went yeah. upside down <laughs> the one time that happened to me in a game like i think it was vr chat too so it wasn't even like a really great like vr game but like in vr chat you can hop from like rooms different rooms that people create for you to play in anyway we went into one (laughs) where you could step on this box and it would give you wings Mm -hmm. and it took me forever to figure out but once i finally got on it i hit the joystick too early and i instantly went upside down and i threw that thing off of my face because it made me so sick and i was just like i'm gonna have to hard shut down the game like i can't make myself put the mask back on to try to straighten myself off like that's how much it like threw my stomach like way up into my throat wow. so i yeah i didn't know it was gonna connect so fast <laughs> and I accidentally leaned on that joystick and <laughs> like nope 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 can't do this gonna that's, throw up right here yeah i mean that, so. i love vr but that's that's always the one thing that i'm worried about is that's gonna happen i haven't had it too bad yet but you know i haven't really dove into a game where it looks like that's like a mechanic where you'd be flying around or doing anything like that in which case i'd probably have to uh uh extra considerations before or how i was playing that game <laughs> right so all right let's get into the news for the let's week. do it uh First of all, we've actually got quite a bit compared to uh, the last week where it's been kind of shallow in the news department. Mm-hmm. Uh, but the first thing we're going to talk about today is cheating. You know? Oh, good. <clears throat> gamers have been doing it longer than Lance Armstrong has been cheating, right? Uh, right. I would. Uh... <laughs> I mean, when codes were available for us to use infinite ammo or God mode or whatever, we would instantly utilize them and put the smack down on the games that have been beating us down i mean i remember so many oh, times we used to buy something for a cheat yeah. remember the the, the genie game, yeah the game genie the game shark mm-hmm. the action replays mm-hmm. uh but in today's landscape uh, game cheats are seemingly frowned upon we don't have the instruments to do that as much pc gamers can mod and and whatnot to mm-hmm. for their games and even if there are cheat codes in a game, the implementation usually results in stuff like uh, your achievements or your trophies being de- deactivated and, 
you know, in online games, it's, you know, you get banned. And right. last week. When you're cheating at a single player game, who mm-hmm. cares? Like, exactly. Just doing it to enhance your own experience. Yeah. Mm. Now, last week, a competitive Fortnite player known as Phase Phase is it Phase or Phasey? Phasey. I think it's Phase. Phase. Phase Jarvis. Yeah. Okay, and he's part of that Phase clan. Which uh, last I heard, I thought they were some shady folk, but um, we're not going to get into that. Anyway, yeah. uh, Phase Jarvis was permanently banned from Fortnite as after he was caught using aimbots in videos that he had created. Now. If you don't know what an aimbot is, it's essentially a software tool that's used in FPS shooters that allow players to shoot enemies without really having to aim their weapon, thereby circumventing any need for skill. And if you really think about it, that lends some credibility to that magic bullet theory uh, with the JFK assassination. But just <laughs> that's just my saying. Uh, <clears throat> but now... You heard it here first, folks. <laughs> But once this news hit, there seemed to be a wave of uh, controversy surrounding this decision. Uh, from Epic Games' standpoint, the use of this software violates the rules in Fortnite, and having video proof of him cheating allowed them to make a definitive decision based on the facts. Epic even issued a statement saying, We have a zero-tolerance policy for the usage of cheat software. When people use aimbots and other cheat technologies to gain an unfair advantage, they ruin games for people who are playing fairly. However, many streamers and content creators have come out in defense of Faze Jarvis, saying that the punishment doesn't quite fit the crime. With one such defendant was the popular YouTuber known as Fortnite Guy pointed out that Faze Jarvis was not only using aimbots in content creation and not during a competitive match, while pro players who have been caught cheating in tournaments only receive temporary bans, unlike his permanent ban. And then you've got Ninja himself even coming into his defense saying that he believes cheating rules shouldn't affect content creators. Now, Ninja said, quote, there's a difference between a content creator who has millions of subscribers who then gets banned from what makes him money and some kid who's just some piece of shit who has zero followers, zero money uh, from gaming and hacks. You ban that kid and nothing happens. He just goes and makes a new account. He can't cheat anymore, but you know, on that account, and he'll just go do it again. But you ban Jarvis, and then you're taking away his livelihood. So, while he does admit that what he did, like, I guess, recording him cheating Mm -hmm. and posting it was kind of ridiculous for him to do, he also points out that other content creators like permanent douchebag Logan Paul uh, walking away scot-free from punishment after filming a corpse hanging from a tree and showcasing on his channel uh, got nothing but a slap on the wrist so well keep in mind those are two different companies too i mean that's that's a youtube versus epics yeah you know kind of thing so but i uh, i see the point he was trying to make there but that's two different companies enforcing different rules right i know he's trying to point to a bigger dog and go but see yeah 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 so i i i do like when i first read about it i was just like yeah but he cheated but when you really start to dig into the details, it does seem extreme. I feel like, I feel like, yes, a punishment needed to happen. Sure. I feel permanent seems a little extreme. Yeah. I mean, he was, what, a 17-year-old kid? And I'm not trying to make excuses for him. No. He messed up. Mm-hmm. 
permanently just seems awfully harsh because I feel like we're just way too in this rabbit hole of instant canceling someone when they mess up one time. And I just feel like I've read a lot of people. Yeah, but he cheated and he deserves it. This, that, or the You're never going to allow him a chance to make it right. Yeah. Get forgiveness if that's something he wants. I just feel like we're just way too dangerous right now with instantly wanting to wreck someone down for one mistake. You're basically taking away any ability from any human to make any mistake Mm -hmm. and never be able to make amends for it. Now, I don't know the kid's frame of mind. No. I don't know if that's something he'd even want to do as far as like making amends, but I would, I would imagine, um, I'd imagine he's feeling pretty crappy right now. And, uh, I mean, if, if I, that, was... that's my only point is I feel like we're just way too into this culture of you make one mistake and you're done. You get no second chances. You never get to redeem yourself. And what kind of message does that send to younger people? Like, yeah, I mean, if this was know. his first, I mean, if he'd never been banned before, you know, no temporaries or anything like that. Yeah. Temporary. Mm-hmm. I mean, three strikes, you know, I thought that was kind of a, a rule that we had where you give people mm-hmm. chances and I understand he violated their terms of service. I get that. But give him give him that slap on the wrist. Say, you're temporarily banned because you violated terms of service. You do it yeah. again, and we're gonna it's going to be permanent. So you gave him one chance. You gave right. him a warning. So why not now, do that instead of going to I disagree that just because he's a content creator, he should get special treatment. Right. But I... I I do feel like permanent just seemed a little bit of a stretch. And I, I mean, I could see Epic just trying to make that as an example mm-hmm. too, trying to yeah. make an example out of a bigger player. Like, look, um, but I would imagine that the one point that Ninja makes that's true is that as a content creator, it would be harder for them to just make a new account and be able to make content with it because then you're just showing the world that, Hey, I just worked around this whole situation, which is also not allowed. Right, uh, but yeah, where you're just a regular Joe Schmo player to create another one, yeah. So that would probably be the only point there. I feel like I know what he was trying to say. I just think he didn't phrase it <laughs> quite yeah. well. Yeah, I agree. <laughs> you know, I just I, I feel like it could have been less severe, and then maybe in time, mm-hmm. should he do it again. Then you say, right. all right, dude, you, you if he was doing up. it simply to create content and not while there was, you know, a tournament or something going on. Eh, I mean, I still get their point, though. You're still a detriment to somebody else's enjoyment of the game, regardless of you making content or not, even if it was malicious or this, that or the other. And I don't know, with him being young, I feel like this might have just been one of those things. These kids thought it was hilarious. They started making these videos. They put them up. And since it wasn't in a tournament fashion, they weren't thinking anything terrible. It was just like, this is hilarious because look at how frustrated we're getting this person, like a prank video or something. I've mm-hmm. never watched his stuff. So if anything I'm saying isn't lining up, then I apologize. I'm just assuming what's going on in a 17-year-old kid's brain. You sure, know? sure. Mm-hmm. So we'll see how that develops, if anything should turn around. But something tells me Epic's going to stand their ground, much like Blizzard has been doing with Blitzchung. But we won't get into that now, will we? Right. Anyway, um, the next thing I've got uh, I want to talk about is um, I know we've talked about this game before. It's been a while, but uh, there was a game that came out sometime last year called Gris. 
Uh, I personally yes. never had a chance to play it. I thought it was a gorgeous a looking game. It. I, I think mm-hmm. it's uh, it delved kind of in the how you work through trauma was kind of the, the baseline. Kind for... of, yeah. There was no dialogue. It's mm-hmm. very, you know, visual and mm-hmm. pretty, almost like a poem as a video game kind of thing. Yeah. Right. Well, last week, the uh, game's publisher, Devolver Digital, took note of an app that clearly ripped off the title and took to Twitter to publicly call them out with a tweet reading, The Fabulous app, which is at GetTheFabulous, ripped off Gris and is a reminder to all devs to be mindful of big companies and brands stealing creative work from smaller studios. Now, this post uh, was posted alongside a video that showed evidence clearly pointing out the similarities between the game and what this app was using in their system. The fabulous app in question was developed in 2013 as kind of a a habit tracker. So how many hours did you sleep? How many steps did you walk? How do you maintain healthy lifestyles? Blah, 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 blah. Stuff like that. That's what it's meant for. So I'm not quite sure what they like what they were using from the game. I mean, I saw the the video, but I don't know how that pertained to the app, which okay. I found to be I haven't odd. seen the video, so I'm not sure. Okay. Mm. Now, when we reached out for comment, the CEO of Fabulous said that no wrongdoing was intentional and an investigation was underway. And not long after pulling the video and looking into the matter, did they unearth that one designer had in fact plagiarized the work of Gris and inserted it into the app. Now, there was no mention of what happened to that anonymous designer, but one would assume he was promptly fired. Uh, mm-hmm. Additionally, the CEO of Fabulous took issue with Devolver's approach to the matter, saying that they did not appreciate their public shaming practice, which have, in turn, according to them, destroyed their company's reputation. Uh, he also pointed out that the company is not as big as they claim them to be and are constantly struggling to grow and something that this incident will hinder them from doing. Uh, would you agree with that? <laughs> because I personally don't feel like I'm not going to look at the fabulous app and be like, oh, those are the people who just ripped off. You said it was a de- designer. You pointed that there was mm-hmm. someone rogue and in it your company. It sounds like the app was around before. Yeah. Even? So yeah. I don't feel like, like me personally, I'm not looking at this. I was like, okay, so you found the guy. Cool. Great. Mm-hmm. So I don't blame the company. I don't look at them and be like, they're a bunch of thieves. You, you know, Devolver saw a problem. And yeah, they could have probably went at it in a more private manner, but doesn't matter. I, I, I don't look at, I'm not thinking of the fabulous app. I didn't even know it existed until now, nope. but I'm I'm not thinking about it thinking, Man, they're a bunch of thieves. It was just like, okay, you found the guy. There was a guy inside your company that was clearly not creative enough to be on your team. Right. You got rid of him. Good. Yeah. You Problem did solved. your job. You did your end. Yeah. So no worries, man. Just let it go. Yeah. So I don't know. That's just. Well, we don't live in that anymore, it seems. Well, it's, I don't know. It. But we'll see how that goes if, if it develops beyond that because I, I, I don't feel like it's as detrimental as they're making it out to be. I feel like they're kind of, look what you did to our company. It's like, yeah, but mm-hmm. something happened. you know. So just, just to bring more eyes to a thing, maybe. Yeah. I don't know. So it's fine. Um, 
The other thing I've got is during an announcement showcasing the newly released Super Smash Bros. Ultimate Fighter Terry Bogard from the Fatal Fury series, uh, director Masahiro Sakurai showcased additional characters that would be seen in the game as NPCs, meaning from uh, Fatal Fury. And it's just like you're going to see them okay. in the background. They might be assist trophies, whatever. However, there was one character from the series specifically noted as not being in the game, and that character was my Shuri... Shira, uh, my Maybe that's why. May Shira Uni, Shira Nui Shira May my whatever you, you know want to call what it. let's just axe it from the game I don't even know how to say it no. <laughs> it's we'll just say it's May or my 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 yeah sure. I'll go with my my from okay. Fatal Fury and if you're familiar with the series you know who that character is but anyway the reason for her exclusion was no doubt because of her risque design that leaves little to the imagination because she's one of those, uh, you know, voluptuous, s- ladies. voluptuous uh, scantily clad, designed So we're not allowed to put clothes on her for the game? Well, you'd think that would be the smart thing to do, but... <laughs> like, here's a nice solution. Throw on a top. You there know, you go. <laughs> that would be the way to go. Put her in the game. But Sakurai actually was quoted as saying, Super Smash Brothers Ultimate is for good boys and girls of many different ages, so we decided not to feature her in the game. So please forgive us. Okay. <laughs> I mean, so there you go. Don't, don't worry that Super don't, Smash Brothers is going to get... Girls. It's not going to get too risky for your kids if they play it. They're not going to see boobs mm. flopping about. Because we all know that's what was going to... Mm. Raise them wrong, you know? Yeah. Uh, and the, <laughs> the last thing I've got, <laughs> you know they've all seen them. Anyway, uh, <laughs> the last thing I've got is last week, uh, Shuei Yoshida stepped down as president of Sony Interactive Entertainment's Worldwide Studios, which I thought he had already done, but maybe I was mistaken. But now he's officially... <laughs> I feel like now we just don't know anymore. It's yeah. But all these people shifting. But he has officially stepped down, but he went on to head what is being called a newly formed initiative that will focus on nurturing external independent creators. So he's going to help bring indie games and and help them build their their structures and and make sure that their games are everything they need to be, which is, I mean, that's good. That's honorable. Uh, In his stead, Sony appointed Herman Holst, who is the mani- or was the managing director and co-founder of Guerrilla Games, known for titles like the Killzone series and one of Sony's biggest exclusives, Horizon Zero Dawn. Uh-huh. President and CEO of Sony Interactive Entertainment, Jim Ryan, said of Hulst that he is, quote, one of the most effective and well-respected leaders in the video game industry. He is a passionate advocate for the teams he leads and understands how to empower creative talent to build great experiences. I think that's a good choice. The man, yeah. I mean, their their games are top quality, so I have no doubt that he will maintain that level of quality in, in running the company. So, good. We'll see how that goes. There we go. Yeah. But Best of luck, man. We, I mean, that's it's one of many shifts that seem to be going through the company, and we still have no idea what happened to uh, Sean Layden since, you know, he right? just kind of bounced and that was it. So, I don't know. Uh, yeah. Well, I mean, hopefully he's well. And yeah. I just, <laughs> yeah. I, I really feel like that there was something else going on there. Like he, oh, I don't know. Yeah. But, See who breaks their silence first. Yeah. 
All right, uh, let's do some quickets because I got a handful of those. Let's Perfect. See here, what do we got? So first things first. Uh, while we're talking of Sony and Jim Ryan, Jim Ryan uh, touted the PS5 as being extremely easy to code for designers and developers, and it will help publishers and developers create games with greater ease. And I think that's to kind of quell the fears because I think the PlayStation 3 had a lot of development issues for designers and developers and things like that, and the PS4 wasn't as bad. And then they want to ensure it's getting so much better and it's just going to be so easy and and flawless. So there's that. Can I help you? Well, good. Not right now. Kids, man. They just they come in. <laughs> they... Anyway, uh, the next thing I've got is uh, construction photos surfaced last week, giving people a glimpse at Universal Studios Japan's upcoming Super Nintendo Land design. Have you? Did you see those pictures? Oh, I did not. I'm really impressed. It looks like a Super Mario level of sorts. So I was like, oh, that's that's kind of neat. So I'm kind of excited to see what it's going to look like in the end. So uh, keep your eyes out. If you haven't looked those up, check it out. It's Super Nintendo Land construction. I know it's just construction photos, so it's not anything finished product, but still just seeing what the the, the aesthetic is, it's really solid. Yeah. So I'm, imp- I'm looking I'm impressed. at some of them now. I'm like, this is, uh, this is pretty cool, man. Yeah. Uh, the Outer Worlds is coming to the Nintendo Switch in early 2020. So All right. Good for them. Good for them. Uh, Days Gone is getting an update that will add new bike accessories based on Death Stranding. One in particular <laughs> design, which I found to be <laughs> odd. And also, I'm curious, like, I want to check it out at the same time. Uh, yeah. There will be a gas tank uh, design for your bike. And it has the BB. So it's like you oh, have that little okay. BB as your gas tank. So you see the little... Why, though? Why not? <laughs> <laughs> I feel like that could have been a mod. Yeah. So it, it looked kind of like well, it I looks mean, like it's... it stays gone on PlayStation, but still. Well, it looks like the, the BB is uh, floating around in gasoline. So you're just gasoline. like filling in... I was just going to say, so you're just submerging the baby in gas? Yeah, that's what it looks like. I guess you... I don't really know what the baby's submerged in already. I think I just assumed... You wouldn't assume it's gasoline. fluid. Yeah. Yeah. Although I have, like, no idea. I've not looked into the game since it's released, so I don't know what's in the BB's tank. I don't know. I'm still... Having to carry around a baby that whole time is a little frightening to me. Yeah. I'm uh, I'm still curious about that game. I, I heard another review today, and it was just... I understood where they were coming from, where they were saying... You were, it was from Jim Sterling, and he was saying that he respects that Kojima was able to make the game he wanted. But at the same time, a lot of the things that he added into the game felt self-serving to this idea versus what's best for the game. And mm. I, I, I can kind of understand what he's, t- what he's trying to, to invoke there. So yeah. I still want to try it. <clears throat> judge for myself yeah. maybe one day yeah maybe this maybe. wasn't one that i knew i was hopping on right away i think right. i was more intrigued at the whole process and kind of enamored with 
how the whole thing came to be more mm-hmm. so than the game itself. But you know what? Even if you don't want to play the game, you know, if it's too much of a slog, didn't they say they had like a cinematic mode where you could just watch the entire story? So sure. Just do that. I mean, just yeah, I guess I could. <laughs> yeah. But I mean, how is that having a, a perspective on the actual game itself? I That's don't know. true. Now we're That's just true. judging the story. <laughs> right. But either way, either, either way. way. Who knows? Uh, hopefully, maybe they'll put it on PlayStation Plus at some point in a year or so, and I can just play it then. <laughs> there you go. Uh, even, well, I think we talked about this, even though, no, well, we didn't, but we're going to talk about it now. Even though Blizzard announced Overwatch 2, uh, they had, don't know when it's going to come out. Oh. Which, you know. Well, just, we needed a shiny thing. Exactly. This was, I think, goes back to what we were saying last week. This is a decoy announcement. They were just like, we need to <laughs> announce something so people will just stop thinking about that other thing. Right. So Just drop some art, slap a two on it. Let's go. Overwatch 2. Look, all the characters are back and they have new haircuts. <gasps> They're different <gasps> now. What? Oh, gosh. When's that going to come out? I don't know. Sometime. Uh, yeah. This is an idea, guys. Mm-hmm. But it's happening. We just don't know it's when. It's an idea we love. Uh, it'll it's be a good idea, right? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So we'll see how that works. Uh, and while we're talking about garbage, Fallout 76 news subscription service <laughs> is apparently showcasing the worst in humanity. I don't know if you heard about this. Oh, no, what now? Uh, class warfare. It has been reported that there are subscribers of the Fallout First <laughs> program considering themselves better than and referring to non-subscribers as peasants. And acts of violence are being perpetrated against class. I now, feel like I did hear a little bit about this. Now, some, some people have argued that the creators of the subscriber group known as the aristocracy was meant to be oh. satire. But... I personally feel that in this day and age, most people don't understand satire. They felt like this was a way... We've lost the ability to, Mm -hmm. (laughs) really and truly. So I feel like people saw this as like, hell yeah, I'm better. I'm going to go mess these little peasants up. And that's what they're doing. Was it starting off as like a role-playing thing that maybe got out of hand? I don't know. Because like GTA 5 has a lot of role-playing groups and things like Mm -hmm. that. I'm wondering. That's pretty much what it was meant to be. But then when you start looking at some of the threads and people messaging about peasants, it just, you're like, uh, I'm not really sure you're getting this. So they are starting civil war in the game. Mm -hmm. So good. I'm glad that this is getting so much better. (sighs) Anyway. God damn it. Yeah. And that's not necessarily Bethesda's fault. <laughs> no, but <laughs> my just God. just freaking people playing the game. But one thing that they did, and it just continues to get worse every time we turn mm. around. So, uh, Bethesda, what happened to you, man? What happened? It's garbage. Anyway, uh, Keanu Reeves apparently loved working on Cyberpunk 2077 so much that he doubled his commitment to the project, which I think Ooh, might explain <laughs> why he's now the face of the project. Oh. So he might have okay. just had like a cameo and he was like, no, I want to do more. And they're just like, all right, cool. We'll just, it's you. But we're all in romantic love with Keanu. Yeah. So it makes sense. Mm-hmm. Uh, I would put him as the face of the game. Why not? Yeah, why not? I mean, he's a selling I mean, point We're in now. the weirdest timeline anyway. Let's just lean into it more. Sure. Uh, who left Twitch this week? 
Why? Who knows? <laughs> that would be <laughs> that would be Fortnite streamer Jack Courage Dunlop, who uh, yes. apparently pinned an exclusive deal with YouTube. Yeah, like, who yeah. Asked them to get in the race. This but... has been this has been interesting. I will admit, I have been reading, consuming, listening to just about everything going on in this whole little trifecta here. And uh, it's fascinating to me. Mm-hmm. It's fascinating. I mean, there's really not I, another streaming service that would get well, involved. There's with Facebook it. gaming, but we don't talk about them. No, <laughs> you wait. And like, see. I don't hear a whole lot about Facebook gaming, but so I don't know if they're like because they're the only ones that I don't think is like legit. Mm-hmm. Tried to like buy anyone or do anything to come over. Right. It seems like it's mostly like stream here. We can monetize off of you. Have a good day. You know, it's kind of how I I sit here and say all these things, never having once watched a Facebook gaming live. I'm not even sure how I would discover such a thing. Honestly, I'm on Facebook so rarely. Usually just when you remind me, you've mm. tagged me in something, you know, yeah. that I need to go look. But yeah, it's uh, it's fascinating to me right now. Yeah. So time. I mean, you you did kind of point that out. I, I forgot all about that's how much it matters. Facebook gaming. So uh, I wouldn't be surprised within the next few weeks we're going to hear Facebook gaming nabbed so and so. The only reason why is because I've been consuming so much media about it Mm -hmm. because I've been trying to listen to other people's opinions on why they think this, that, or the other. And Facebook's been thrown in there a couple of times just in like a pie chart on who owns the largest chunk of the, well, doesn't own, but where the biggest chunk of viewers are actually seated at. Mm -hmm. And I mean, listening to a lot of it, I mean, YouTube actually seems to make the most sense. Yeah, for sure. But... With them, if they're going to work on their live streaming thing, this will be interesting to see. Because, I mean, if you think about it, YouTube is like your one-stop shop. All of your VODs get saved. Yeah. All the other content, it's all in one place. You're not having to throw your viewership around to Twitch or to Mixer and then create content on YouTube to be discovered. So... Yeah, if they if they really streamline that, I think they're going to be the ones to really contend with. Yeah, outside of the the other ones right now. So, uh, yeah, this will be interesting to see what happens for sure. Uh, I'm the, in this, man. Yeah, I'm in it. It's a, it's I'm, a, I'm I'm all about reading about this. This is fascinating to me. It's, I mean, it's it's a growing war. I'm I'm interested to see how it goes and how it plays out. Uh, God of War director Corey Balrog expressed interest in seeing God of War on PC. I don't know if that's... I doubt it'll so ever happen. Some of its players. But it would be interesting to see maybe what a PC could do yeah. with it. But then again, right? they and could... I, but Sony... But they could also... Like, All right, look. They could also remaster it for the PS5, which is supposed to be like a PC... Or they could be making a new one. Or they could make a new one, which would be a smarter thing to do. So we'll see. Mm-hmm. Uh, I feel like it's kind of revived. Maybe we'll see this back half trilogy kind of thing several years later. They'll remaster it for the PlayStation 5. I bet money on it. Because oh, that's without what, a doubt. I feel like almost all of the bigger ones over the last year or so, I would almost anticipate, came out with a remaster in mind because mm-hmm. they were so close to when the uh, PS5 release date will be. Yeah. Even though I think we're still over a year out. But yeah. Yeah. 
Uh, Amazon obtained the streaming rights to the first season of the animated series Critical Role, The Legend of Vox Machina. I'm going to say that right this time. Mm -hmm. Uh, Which is based on the Twitch weekly series Critical Role, where voice actors play Dungeons and Dragons. And they also... It's actually a really cool little show. I've never checked it out. I think I've heard of it, but I've never seen it. But Amazon also immediately ordered a second season to be put into production. So uh, there you go. If you're a fan of that series, there's more coming. And fun little show. It's a unique little idea. You should check it out. And finally, uh, it has been reported that Uncharted will begin filming early next year. And so we are moving forward. Okay. Apparently. uh, I'm just going to say I realized upon reading this that I have no excitement for video game movies. And I feel like I should, but I don't. Well, I mean, if you think about it, we played them. Yeah. We've seen the story. That's true. Uh, although, isn't this one still supposed to be before the first game or whatever? Like, mm-hmm. making Nathan Drake Nathan Drake. So, maybe this would be interesting since it isn't a story that we've already played through. Well, I think but, it's... Um, yeah. I think it's boiling down to the fact that every time we hear of these movies the approach seems to be so foreign to to what the idea we feel like it should be as gamers because we look at mm-hmm. it and we're like, why aren't you just doing this? You know, like what we talked about numerous times with the Monster Hunter movie coming up. It's just like, why are you doing mm-hmm. this? Why are you doing this one thing? They could thing? have hired Nathan Fillion to at least be involved, even if you weren't going to cast him. Yeah. and, and I he- mean, his fan film was great. And then you've got... Or his audition, whatever you want to call it. Mm -hmm. And then you've got the Sonic the Hedgehog movie coming up, and it's just like, but why are you doing it this way? I mean, we live in an age where you don't need to bring these characters into the real world. Why do we continue to do this garbage like this? Why do we have to tell this narrative like it, it doesn't exist here? Make it its own world. It's fantasy. Yeah. You can get away with it. Yes. We can get away with anything with the technology we have today in movies. Just mm-hmm. embrace the worlds that these characters come from. And, and and you could probably find so much more you could do with this story by not limiting it to the real world. Right. So, like, I don't know, man. And I'm not saying that's I'm what, telling you, it's just because they keep hiring these people who aren't fans of the games. I'm just going to stick by that. Mm-hmm. Like, they're 100% movie directors, and that's that, you know? Right. And, and I'm not saying that that's what they're doing with Uncharted. Like, they're not saying, oh, Uncharted doesn't exist. And, oh, it's, it's Nathan Drake's in the real world. Not like that. But it's, there's just something inherently foreign to me about the approach they want to do. I don't know why mm-hmm. it just seems wrong to me. Because I feel like Nathan Drake is a treasure hunter. I don't need to know how he became that. They told that in the, the games. Take mm-hmm. me on a Nathan Drake adventure... That we have not seen. I mean, don't replicate game one, two, three, or four. Pick a time period in between. And just Mm -hmm. put him in that adventure. Go Indiana Jones style and put him in that adventure. Boom, done. You've got an Uncharted movie. And they might. Do we have any real information outside of their doing young Nathan Drake? We don't. Yeah, so, I mean, they might. Maybe we should hold out a little hope. I don't know. I don't know. I mean, I like... I like the I like Tom Holland and but he's still I was gonna say it's still him, right? Yeah. Okay. And again, I like the kid, but still having a hard time getting Nathan Drake in my head when I think of him. 
Well, who knows? I, I've learned my lesson. I'm never going to knock an actor for nothing until I see their performance at this point. Uh, yeah. We were very sure of a few actors in the past that we went, what? All right. I'll eat my crow now. You mm-hmm. know, so let's just let's just see as far as that's concerned. I'm more concerned about the story and the writing and all that kind of stuff. Yeah. He's an actor. Let him act. And if he bombs at it, well, you know, but... No, I think he'll I do like fine. He'll be fine. Yeah, I think yeah. it'll be fine. I, I just I feel like somewhere in my head I'm just I'm I can't wrap my head around him being Nathan Drake. That's just all it really boils down to. Well, so we also didn't think Heath Ledger would be Joker, so that's I just hold on to that moment now where yep. I'm like, all right, I'm not gonna say a word anymore because that one whoa threw yep. me for a loop. Was not mm-hmm. expecting it, so who knows? Yeah, maybe he's got something in his bag of tricks too. That's true. All right, truth or trash. I okay. have two little tidbits, and uh, hopefully we'll get some uh, information on these very soon so we can confirm, because we're, we're etching to the end of the year, and we're going to yeah. be able to see. Can you see. that crap? I know. Almost middle of November. What the hell, man? I know. But I've got a record. <laughs> I've been keeping tabs on everything yeah. that we've been doing, so we're going to review it by the end of the year. How many did Lace get right? How many did she get wrong? <laughs> I hope it's a clean sweep. I mean... One way or the other. Yeah. So we'll see. I want it to be all right or all wrong. <laughs> <laughs> I want to hold that record. Okay, so... I'll take either. Think hard, long and hard on these because okay. they're, 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 pretty, they're pretty solid. All right. First one. Dragon Age 4 will be announced on December 4th. Why December 4th? Well, 4. That's the only thing that's going to throw me off is I was like, what seems like an arbitrary date? Unless it has something to do with when the first one came out or something and I'm just unaware. Um, Well, we've already announced it though, yeah? An E3. Yeah, but not really. I don't know if it was technically called Dragon Age 4, but we knew it was another Dragon Age game coming. Kind of. It was a. It was kind of like yeah, something's happening. I mean, it definitely was no gameplay or nothing involved. It was more of a, hey, look, we did a cinematic to throw this name on it to let you know we're thinking about it. Um, sure. Okay. I don't know why December fourth. Like, is there a big game thing that I'm blanking out on that happens that week? Not that I can think of. But again, four. Four. Okay. All right. Sure. Twelve. Four. I'm going to say yes, because I knew we were working on one, so. Okay. And the last one is Valve is developing an AR headset for Apple. Ooh. Oh. I don't know why I want to say false, because or trash, because I feel like Apple would have plenty of money to do that on their own. And haven't they already created some stuff like that for business use, not necessarily consumer? Is it consumer? Yeah. Oh, oh, really? So like Joe Schmo could buy it? Mm-hmm. Okay. And it's not going to cost $5,000? Right. Uh, I, uh, I think I'm still going to say trash. Okay. I don't know why I could see needing Valve to step in with Apple money, but unless the index is just so much better than I've been hearing about, yeah. which I know is not AR, but still. Yeah. Okay. Well, there you go. All right. There's your truth or trash. That's my week. thought on it. I don't know if it's right. We'll find out 
later this year. <laughs> okay, uh, weird news. I've got a few little news. bits of weird news. They're they're fairly small, but why not? So, did you know that there is a, an avatar on PSN called the State of Anarchy Master of Mayhem Golden Prince Avatar? That you Jesus Christ. Yeah. You can buy it. It's a mouthful. (laughs) Oh, it gets better. Because you can buy this wonderful avatar right now for the low, low price of $100. Why do I want an avatar that costs $100 on PSN? Because it's gold. But what, but so it's my, it's my icon. Yeah. And it's gold. It's gold. For a hundred bucks. Uh-huh. Gold. Screw you. Okay. No. I mean, it's gold. (laughs) I don't understand why I need this thing. So you can show the peasants that you spent a hundred dollars. I spent a hundred dollars <laughs> to be better than them. I can Photoshop my shit gold. All right, let's just. Do that. I'm just saying. That's why Sorry. you spend a hundred dollars to show peasants that you are better. Mm-hmm. As I load up my Fallout 76 to go to war. That's right. Uh. <laughs> The next thing I've got is apparently uh, Hideo Kojima tossed some faint political messages into Death Stranding inspired in part to President Trump's demand for a wall and EU's blunder with Brexit. Speaking in an interview with the BBC, Kojima said, In the game, we use bridges to connect things, but destroying those bridges can instantly turn them into walls. So bridges and walls are almost synonymous. That's one thing I'd like the players to think about in the game. After spending dozens of hours in the game, you will come back to the reality in the end. When you do, I want you to use what you've learned in the game. Connecting is one of those things. Okay. So you either build bridges or you build walls. I see what he's saying. Yeah. Yeah. It's it's subtle. And, you know, subtlety (laughs) is not something that the world understands anymore. No, so, and then now that they know, they're just going to get up in ours. Why are you throwing politics in my game? I my politics. I didn't want dick about This is my escape, which is fair, which mm-hmm. is a fair argument. But I didn't know it was a thing until now, and now I'm mad about it. Mm-hmm. They're not going to care. <laughs> no one's going to I would have think. not made that connection. No. Like, to that, anyway. But I, I get the subtlety of it. It's it's clever, but... And no. isn't the bridge a ladder? Yes. No? Uh-huh. Who's played the game? Yeah? I think uh-huh. it is. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. How does Ladders, that become a wall? Walls? I don't know. Who knows? It's his story, man. I'm just... <laughs> yeah. <laughs> anyway, I just figured that was because the old joke. Oh, build a wall? I'll just build a 32-foot ladder. <laughs> 30-foot wall? Would you like to try? I'd buy that for a dollar. We don't get these that often. No, because it's it's hard to to find stuff anymore. Because that's look, not going to make me sick for Bethesda. No, luckily. Oh. Uh, no, because I think one of the reasons we get less and less of these because the only thing that seems to ever lend itself to merchandise anymore is Pokemon, because it's all the rage. There's always That's Pokemon true. stuff, and in this case, it's still Pokemon-related merch. So I usually pass on it if it's like, oh, look, it's a Pokemon Build-A-Bear. And I was like, yeah, but who cares? But however, yeah. there are times that, you know, it's it's different enough that I'm like, you know what? That's kind of cool. 
So I think I could try to maybe possibly pitch it to you and see if you might maybe want to take a look at this little thing. All right. So if I came to you and said, hey, you want to buy some Pikachu shoes? What would what would your first <laughs> visual of this be? I think of a house shoe, like a house slipper. Mm-hmm. Where you're just like shoving your foot inside Pikachu. <laughs> it's this big stuffed animal kind of thing is what I think of. Mm. Or the flip side converse where it's just Pokemon all over a flat shoe. Right, right. Uh, well, the correct answer to that question would it's be... either of the things I said. Okay. <laughs> yeah, the correct answer would be the design that was created by Glam and the Pokemon company in a collaboration for the shoe. Uh, okay. They first start off as a very standard design. They got a white top with yellow overlays tied together by white laces. There's a red mm-hmm. tag on the side to match Pikachu's little red cheeks. Uh, okay. There's a brown stripe down the back to kind of emulate his little brown Wrist, stripes yeah. on the back. Yeah. It sounds basic. However, uh, this pair of Pikachu shoes has a pair of Pikachu ears hidden behind the tongue. So you just kind of pull it out, and then you can get little Pikachu ears. And then tucked away (laughs) on the heel is a tail that you can pull out. I was going to ask about a tail. Yeah, so you can have the the tail and the ears, and it looks like you're wearing, like you just skinned a Pikachu and put it all over your shoes and decorated your feet with its corpse. So why not? I feel like that's your death on an escalator, but just, you know. I mean, you're you're not wrong. Uh, these are exclusive to Japan. However, they will ship internationally. I knew they would be. Yeah, but you can get them. They will ship internationally. Okay. So, uh, how much would you think people might be willing to pay for these uh, carcass shoes? Oh my God, uh, Japan is great. I'm just gonna throw that out there. They are. Like, I truly, whether it's something I want or not, I always enjoy the news from there. Um. Oh, my God. This could be, like, dirt cheap all the way up to the most stupid number I could imagine, I just feel like, because people and Pokemon and exclusive things and FU money. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm going to say what seems reasonable. Let's go $79.99. Those are not going to get I'm you those off. shoes. You're going to have to pay... Uh, $250 before uh, shipping. Uh, <laughs> the shipping's probably like 60 bucks. Yeah. So, uh, uh, dude, get some like Air Jordans or something like insanely comfortable at that point. I mean, we don't know how comfortable these are made from authentic Pikachu carcasses. It's made from <laughs> I was gonna say, authentic Pokemon. And Pikachu is the fluffiest, right? Mm-hmm. Maybe yeah. not. I don't know. I Pik- could be making well, that up. Maybe a Jigglypuff would have a little bit more cushion on it, but that's. Well, but do you get to pump the ears, make Pikachu like, dude? Yes, they need to make Jigglypuff <laughs> shoes with the Air Jordan things, so you can puff them up. Mm-hmm. I love it. Exactly. You're welcome. Yeah, come Japan, on, Japan. Who makes this? I don't know the name of the Nintendo. The Pokemon <laughs> Company. It. The Poke. Oh, they're their official yeah, thing. They're, they're the Pokemon Company. They're owned by <laughs> Nintendo, but it's still the Pokemon Company. They are their own. Ah, thing. I got you. All right. Okay. So. Gotcha. Okay, so we're going to pass on those and uh, go straight over mm-hmm. to release dates. <laughs> okay. <laughs> on November 11th, we have Romancing Saga 3 for PlayStation 4, Xbox One, Nintendo Switch, and PC, and The Mims Beginning for Nintendo Switch, 
Then on November 12th, hey, it's my wife's birthday. Uh, we have Bee Simulator for PlayStation 4, Xbox One, and Nintendo Switch. Doctor Who, The Edge of Time for PlayStation 4 and PC. VR Ping Pong Pro. Ooh, that one's... Oh, yeah, man. That's a tongue twister. For, uh, for PlayStation 4 and PC, there's a lot of Ps in that. VR Ping Pong Pro PC. And I, I ruined that real quick <laughs> trying to run through that. Uh, Super Street Racer for Nintendo Switch. Yaga for PlayStation 4, Xbox One, Nintendo Switch, and PC. And Thief of Thieves Season 1 for Nintendo Switch. Then on November 13th, we have Last Labyrinth for PSVR and Spider Solitaire F for Xbox One. Then on November 14th, we have Age of Empires 2 Definitive Edition for PC, The Curious Tale of the Stolen Pets for PlayStation 4 and PC, Fractured Minds for Xbox One, Sparklight for Nintendo Switch and PC, B Simulator for PC, Rocket Wars for Nintendo Switch, Squidgy's Takeover for Nintendo Switch, Galactic Defense Squadron for Nintendo Switch, Labyrinth of the Witch for Nintendo Switch, Perils of Baking for Nintendo Switch, and Push the Crate for Nintendo Switch. There's a lot of games for the Switch. I'm surprised you didn't just say, all these are for the Nintendo Switch. I should have. I should have, but I didn't. And then on November 15th, the the big games come out. We have Star Wars Jedi Fallen Order for PlayStation 4, Xbox One, and PC. Pokemon Sword and Shield for Nintendo Switch. Tokyo Ghoul Recall to Exist for PlayStation 4 and PC, Sparklight for PlayStation 4 and Xbox One, Astroneer for PlayStation 4, Woven for PlayStation 4, Xbox One, Nintendo Switch, and PC, Mars Power Industries for Nintendo Switch, Volfaris for Xbox One, Tactical Mind 2 for Nintendo Switch, Tokyo Warfare Turbo for Xbox One, and Let's Sing 2020 for Nintendo Switch. Ta-da. There you go. There you go. Time to play Name That Game. Okay. (laughs) So I have four today only because uh, digging through, it just got to a point where I was like, ah, man, some of these... It's getting harder sometimes, you know, because you look at these names and you're like, some of these sound interesting, and then you look at the game and you're like, but you're not giving me anything to work with here. So maybe I'm going to have to start doing a little bit more creative writing for some of these names and and their <laughs> titles to embellish them a lot more than like they're, they're doing. Like getting too basic now? Yeah, like, because... How do it, I play off of this? It's just like, the game is called Booger, and you're just like, okay, what's it about? You just shoot stuff. Oh, okay. So that that's it, and you just oh, so like it's name? legit nothing to do with the actual game. No, play. yeah. Okay, it's just that's good. That's how you market. Yeah, it's terrible. So these, I felt like I did pretty good on uh, on what we got here. So first game. All right. In this game, you drive a truck through China. Truck driving simulator. Well, let me get there. Sorry. <laughs> You'd... One of these days, I'm going to have it right. That's going to be amazing. <laughs> That's true. But not this time. Uh, <laughs> you drive a truck through China. You drive it through weather changes down thousands of kilometers of real sections of roads across the mountains, past the lakes, through real cities, and net red towns. I don't know what that is. I don't know what net red towns are. But Communist? They, they said that it's in there uh with a real driving experience and nearly 100 landmarks to visit 
Experience China the way it should be, in a truck. Did you know <laughs> that the specialties of different seasons are selling well? In fact, Did the I? hairy crabs will be listed in the markets in a few months. I don't get it. I don't get it either, but it was in the description, so I was like, all right. Okay. Good, good. I guess I have to live in China. Yeah. So, is this game A, truck life, B, truck driving, C, truck days, or D, Xi Jinping's delivery service? I feel like D is you. Like, you're like, screw it. I give up. I'm just going to do this one. Truck. Oh, my God. They're all the same. Truck driver, truck delivery, truck what? Truck life, truck driving, or truck days. Truck life. Sure. The answer is A, truck life. All right. Good job. There you go. I was like, they all, I don't know. <laughs> Meh. <laughs> good, good. See, she's already she's already starting off hot. What up? Okay. This next game, you've landed a job at the Resting Bean Cafe and Inn. Friendly co-workers in cute uniforms, great pay, it's like a dream come true. However, appearances can sometimes be deceiving. Mm. You quickly discover that the Resting Bean has its share of secrets. Teamed up with Sophie... You decide to investigate the mysterious happenings in the cafe, but it will be it will prove harder to be a task. Let me try that again. <laughs> it will prove to be a harder task. There you go. When your carnal desires seem to distract you at every turn. Ooh. Just what will you do? And what will you discover? And who will you trust? In over four chapters that can lead to eight different endings, sex up four different characters in up to three different locations that all have their own sex features. Buy new at a coffee shop. At a at a coffee shop. Okay. I didn't say you leave the coffee shop. Uh, buy new toys from the sassy clerk and caffeinate your sex today. Ooh, all right. <laughs> it it took a turn at some point, and I was like, "Why?" It what? really did. <laughs> Be a barista at a sex shop. What? Hmm? So is this game... <laughs> is this game A, Project Cappuccino, B, Sex and Caffeine, C, Cunny Coffee, or D, BDSM Cafe? Okay, what was C? Cunny Coffee. Cunny coffee. Okay. I heard it with a T and I went, ooh, oh, all right. Mm-hmm. Um, oh my God. Now I focused on that and I've totally forgotten what you said about the other ones. My brain zoned in on that. Project Cappuccino, Sex okay. and Caffeine, Cunny Coffee, or BDSM Cafe? I'm going to go with Sex and Caffeine. Answer is. A, Project Cappuccino. Damn it. Because that makes sense. Yeah. Yeah. That that leads me to understand what the game is. Mm-hmm. All right. Uh, the next game is weird. Uh, this game is a fast-paced first-person shooter 
all about a confused, half-naked, steroid-fueled man who could be Earth's last hope. The world is in chaos, and you must grab your shotgun, sharpen your machete, and take care of all threats, natural and supernatural. Find an array of upgradable weapons and use them to fight hordes of evil monsters, like unicorns, Bigfoot, and even Santa Claus. Unicorns are evil? Apparently. Tap in to to your one and only superpower, a complete lack of morality, and save the world the only way you know how, bloodshed. Is this game... Oh, that was the end. (laughs) Is this game A, the filthy casual, B, the revolting gunman, C, the horrible hatchet man, or D, the disgusting slaughter man? Ugh. A, filthy casual. Answer is D, the disgusting slaughter man. Exactly. Oh, <laughs> uh, and oh, this this next one. Let me tell you. <clears throat> oh, good. In this game, you are competing in a brand new sport that already has its own World Federation competition. But what is this sport exactly? What does it involve? Well, <clears throat> it. It's all about mastering the art of squeezing metal poles between your legs and launching yourself into the air. You think that sounds... Well, you'd think, but no. Uh, You think that sounds easy? Well, it's not. Not particularly. Because you must also be aware of obstacles and incoming attacks for some reason. Because it's happening while you're doing this thing. And they will hinder your progress and prevent you from reaching the highest of heights. Play through multiple environments from snowy mountaintops to outer space. Learn to master this niche technique and take your place as the best in the world. (sighs) Is this game... (laughs) Is this game A, Pole Rider... B, thigh climbers. C, rod ramblers. Or D, shaft lubers. Oh my God. Uh, I don't think it's D, but I love it. Uh, dare I say it's just A as a pole riders? I think I'm going to go pole rider. Answer is B, thigh climbers. Thigh climbers, eh? Yeah. Well, that's just dumb. <laughs> that's what I thought, too. But there you have it. Thigh climbers. All right. Well, well, I got the first one. You I did. guess I can hold on to that. Mm-hmm. All right. So this week, I, I felt like, I don't know if uh, you heard any details about our uh, experiment last week. Uh, no, nobody said a thing to me, so I don't know. I don't know how to take that. Yeah, I don't either. That could go either way. I will say that uh, my co-host from uh, my other podcast, Kaiju Weekly, Travis Alexander, he uh, did give some feedback. He really enjoyed it. Thought we were quite hilarious. So, uh, oh, thank well, you. Good. Yeah, thank you, Travis, yeah. for your uh, 
your input because that's what I, I wanted to know. So I was wanting to do it again, but since we didn't get any feedback, I was like, well, hold off. We will do it again because I feel like regardless of what people thought, I enjoyed doing I, it. So It was fun. Yeah. yeah. But this week, I felt like it would be fun to uh, dig into another story. Uh, because two weeks ago, during our Halloween-themed episode, we spoke about some of our favorite memories involving scary games. And mm-hmm. in that list of games, I mentioned a favorite of mine, Eternal Darkness Sanity's Requiem, which released exclusively yeah. on the Nintendo GameCube. And... While I would love to go into great detail about that game, since I feel like there should be enough information to kind of dig into it, should I choose to do so at some point, uh, I thought I might shed some light onto why we've only seen one of those games and why we may never see another. For, oh, okay. You see, the game was developed by a company known as Silicon Knights, and at one time, they seemed to have a promising career ahead of them. But then they made an epic mistake. That's a hint, you see. <laughs> oh, oh, okay. But before we get into that, let's go way back and get to know the company. Because Silicon Knights was founded in 1992 by Dennis Dyack and established in St. Catharines, Canada. Their early work was developing PC games like Cyber Empires and Fantasy Empires, but their first major hit was in 1996 with Blood Omen Legacy of Cain, which was not only their last PC title, but their very first PlayStation title. Uh, the game was published under Crystal Dynamics, and development to this title led to one of the company's first corporate hurdles. With the game being such a hit, Crystal Dynamics, in association with Activision, quickly greenlit a sequel, much without uh, Silicon Knights' knowledge. However, when Dyack did learn of this, uh, he really had no interest in working with Crystal Dynamics on this project because apparently they didn't have a great working relationship during the first one, so he kind of took a hard pass. Crystal Dynamics tried to develop the game on their own. Activision didn't seem to be all that thrilled with it per se. So they did kind of go back to Dyack and be like, hey, do you think you can take crack of this? And he kind of pitched a few things and they weren't really sure which way they were going to go. And it turned into a big issue because what Crystal Dynamics was working on was what was essentially released as Legacy of Kane's Soul Reaver. However, during this process, as they were trying to develop it, there was a lawsuit over ownership rights over the game because... Silicon, yeah, Silicon Knights developed it originally, so right. they felt like, well, this is ours. But Crystal Dynamics said, yeah, but we're taking only this part of it, so we're going to do this, and we kind of own this because we published it. And so it just turned into a big pissing match trying to figure out who owned what. Eventually, uh, Dyack actually tried to lean on the accusation of plagiarism, saying that the idea that he pitched to Activision for his version of the game uh, was something that they actually stole and turned into Soul Reaver. But there didn't seem to be a lot of weight to that, so that really didn't lead anywhere. Uh, All legal matters were settled out of court. Silicon Knights actually just got a developer credit for Blood Omen in the game. So it was like, yeah, we'll pay you. You developed the start of it, but we're taking it from there. And 
It was later learned that Soul Reaver was never, ever a Silicon Knights concept, but in fact an unrelated project that was co-devised by designers Seth Karras, whom I couldn't find anything about, but the other name I thought was uh, very notable, former Naughty Dog alum Amy Hennig, who wrote a lot of the uh, Uncharted series and so on. So she was involved with that. She she was part of this uh, Soul Reaver project. Uh, but eventually, Silicon Knights walked away from the series leading Crystal Dynamics and its new owner, Edios, to rebrand the Blood Omen series into the Legacy of Kane series that we all know today, which I'm familiar with, but I don't really, I don't think I've ever played it. But I know the name. Yeah. However, it would seem that that decision was not a bad one, because in 2000, Silicon Knights was signed by Nintendo to create exclusive games for their consoles. Now, at this time, the Nintendo 64 was in its heyday, so work began on Eternal Darkness for the N64. However, during production, Dayak felt that the game would be ideal as a launch title for Nintendo's upcoming GameCube, since it was maybe a year out at that point. So, development shuffled, they restarted the project, and started to build the game for the GameCube. However... The game never made it to launch. It was uh, ran into some issues, which we will dig into. Now, despite that, Eternal Darkness Sanity's Requiem released to impressive sales and near-perfect reviews. The game's success and wonderfully deep lore had fans clamoring for a sequel, which Dyke did express interest in doing. In fact, for years, Dyke promised and teased that a new game in the Eternal Darkness universe would happen but it would always usually dissipate into rumors. So why would a popular game go so long without a sequel? It could have something to do with another title it was developing for over a decade called Too Human. Are you familiar with that title? No, I feel like I should be though. I don't think I ever saw it or played it and it didn't look familiar to me when I looked into it. So, anyway, in what was supposed to be a PlayStation title back in 1999, Two Humans Development was put on hold after Silicon Knights' deal with Nintendo went through. The game's development was slated to shift over to the GameCube. However, the company was heavily devoted to Eternal Darkness, and then soon after, an adaptation of Metal Gear The Twin Snakes for the GameCube. So, they had to kind of put it on the back burner. It wasn't until Silicon Knights' deal with Nintendo ended that Two Human was given another chance when the company signed a deal with Microsoft in 2005. The game was meant to be released in the holiday season of 2006, but wouldn't be seen until August of 2008. With such oh, wow. a wide gap in projected and actual release dates, one might wonder what happened. During the development, Silicon Knights were having issues with the game engine they were using, which was the Unreal Engine 3. They were using it to develop Two Human, they'd used it for a few other projects, and Dyak felt that the setbacks to their development were a result of the failure of the Unreal Engine. So he sought to sue the engine's developer, Epic Games. In July 2007... 
Silicon Knights filed a lawsuit claiming that Epic Games failed to provide a working game engine which resulted in considerable losses for the company. The suit even alleged that Epic Games were sabotaging its licensees with their promise to provide a working version of their engine long overdue with insufficient documentation while withholding vital improvements. Additionally, Dyack accused Epic Games of using the licensing fees to fund their own games as opposed to funding the engine itself. One month later, Epic Games countersued Silicon Knights, pointing to the licensing agreement signed by the company, citing that they were well aware that the engine and certain features within it were still in development. Also, in signing that contract, Silicon Knights agreed that if the game engine was not meeting their standards, they were not allowed to modify the code to make it up to snuff. Epic Games alleged that Silicon Knights had made, quote, unauthorized use of Epic's license technology and had, quote, infringed and otherwise violated Epic's intellectual property rights, including Epic's copyrighted works, trade secrets, know-how, and confidential information by incorporating Unreal Engine 3 code into its own engine. All right. So, in May of 2012, which is a long stretch of time that this lawsuit went on, Epic Games won their countersuit being awarded $4.45 million on grounds of copyright infringement, misappropriation of trade secrets, and breach of contract, plus attorney fees and costs. The presiding judge stated that Silicon Knights had, quote, deliberately and repeatedly copied thousands of lines of Epic Games' copyrighted code and then attempted to conceal its wrongdoing by removing Epic Games' copyright notices and disguising Epic Games' copyrighted code as Silicon Knights' own. And what got them caught is there were actual lines of code within the system that were nothing more than non-functional internal comments that Epic Game programmers left in there for themselves. And it was found. Yeah. Damn. So, Silicon Knights were then ordered to destroy all game code derived from the Unreal Engine 3. They had to allow Epic Games to access the company's servers to ensure its removal and subsequently recall and destroy all unsold retail copies of Two Human and their very last game, X-Men Destiny, which was a failure unto itself beyond this, but we won't get into that. Okay. On May 16th, 2014, following this loss, Silicon Valley, or Silicon Valley, uh, Silicon Knights, <laughs> I knew it was going to happen. Silicon Knights uh. filed for bankruptcy. However, during this time, Dyack formed a new company known as Precursor Games, where Dyack attempted to kickstart Shadow of the Eternals which is the sequel or next chapter of the Eternal Saga, if you will. This transition actually happened before Silicon Knights officially dissolved, which put Precursor Games under scrutiny. People were wondering, well, wait a minute, aren't you the guy who owned this and now you're over here? And they're in trouble and why are you... 
Like they couldn't quite figure that out. So uh, people were kind of watching closely. And then an article published by Kotaku came out and accused Dayak of, of embezzling funds. Which quickly destroyed any hopes that the Kickstarter campaign was going to have. And just as quickly as it was founded, Precursor Games went under. Like that. So after a one-two punch like that, you'd think Dayak would pack it in. But oh no. Oh no. In that same year that he lost two companies, he started a third. Uh, sure. Called Quantum Entanglement. He's a big... He loves that, what, two steps back, one step forward. Yeah. <laughs> so he started Quantum Entanglement Entertainment Incorporated in two, 2014, the same year that he lost two companies, uh, with the aim of restarting production on Shadow of the Eternals, as well as potentially expanding the IP into movies and television. Now, in less than four years... Nothing came of this endeavor. Not a thing. And QEE shut down, leaving Shadow of the Eternals back into being out of development yet again. But wouldn't you know it, he started yet another company. Well, I mean, he's persistent if he's nothing. Yeah. Uh, This company is now known and still uh, in, it's still running now, called Apocalypse Studios. And they run a free-to-play RPG called Dead House Sonata for the PC. So, after all this, I'm starting to see why. <laughs> you know, this game is not happening. And it's really yeah, maybe. disappointing to see that this series being tossed by the wayside in such a way. Uh, even, you can actually go online. You can't say you didn't try. No. Man. <laughs> yeah, I'll give him that. He is persistent. that. I mean, you can actually look up development images of the game, and when you look at them, it gives you so much promise because you're like, there's that game. There's that game that's supposed to be coming out, and oh my god, I actually remember seeing when these ga- these images got published in magazines and whatnot. And like, oh yes, it's finally happening, it's finally happening, and of course, mm-hmm. it never did because it's always, it's there, and then it just dissipates mm-hmm. into rumors, and, and, and something's never going to happen, so... The game has so much promise. The series has so much promise, and I really feel like that they should hand that concept over to more competent people who could actually make it and make it happen and do it right and do it justice. But I feel like after looking through the history of this company and this man who's so persistent on not giving up, Clearly, when he fails time and time again, that mm-hmm. seeing this sequel are very, very slim. And yeah. also, at the same time, I feel like if we ever do get this sequel, if, if hell freezes over and it does happen, I feel like it's going to be a pale comparison of what should have been. And it won't live up to the hype that's in our head. Yeah. So... It's such a I'm great sorry. game, you know. It's such a great game, and I just well, maybe it's good that it was just like that, and you have that fond memory. Yeah. And uh, maybe they would have ruined it. Look at it that way. But I did, like. I did learn something, and uh, as I was doing research on this, which I find to be interesting, the the 
uh, I don't really know what kind of process you the the idea the fear idea that I told you about in, in Eternal Darkness mm-hmm. where the game messes with your head that's actually that concept is copyrighted by Nintendo they own that so they can what? utilize that it. the the ability to mess with your head in a video game yeah the whatever the the particular they I can't remember what, how they worded it specifically but the 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 idea of what that game can do where it messes with your head they 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 made it very specific the name they gave it it is something that is owned by Nintendo like that concept is theirs okay and yet here it sits on a shelf not being utilized and it's disappointing because it's like you own that use it so it's like a catch and kill yeah I buy it to do nothing with it, but it's just simply so nobody else can. Yeah, probably. Plus, another little trivia fact about it all, Eternal Darkness was the very first, if not only, because I really can't think of another one, uh, very first and possibly only M-rated game published by Nintendo. That could very well be. Hmm? That's not uh, a habit of theirs. No. So, yeah. Interesting. There's there's a little story about why we may have never seen this game and may never see this game. Because I, I really... I enjoyed that game immensely, and I would love to see it. Even if it was a remaster, I would love mm-hmm. to see that. But I don't know if they would be able to do that because of this schmuck. Right. Because I feel like he is Damn. a schmuck. And I kept finding people to work for him. Yeah. So... Which is interesting to me, especially mm-hmm. on like the fourth go round. To be like, you sure did? Yeah, you sure. You really like who's this finance guy? I know, like, right? Really? Like who's giving him again? money to do right. this? I don't know. But there's your story for the week. I'm sorry if it's disappointing, but I thought it was a fascinating tale nonetheless. Yeah. <sighs> but that's our show. You can hit us up sometime via Twitter at Super Mega Crash. Uh, you can also send us an email at supermegacrash at gmail.com. Tell us if you like this story. Tell us if you liked our improv. Do things. Right. Tell us things. I'd love to hear from you. I guess. Come on. Come on. Uh, you can find us on Instagram to view our weekly icon art. You can support the show by pressing a like button, leaving reviews on your preferred platform, and even going to patreon.com slash pencil and paper productions. And tell your friends to find us on the Pencil and Paper Podcast Network found on Apple Podcasts, Podbean, Spotify, Google Play, Stitcher, and even YouTube.com slash Pencil Paper Productions. Thank you so much for listening. I am Stephen White. I'm Lacey Finley. Join us again next time, Super Mega Crash siblings. But until then, game on. This has been a Pencil and Paper Podcast Network production.